0: Hello. My name is Ethan Hewlin. Like you, I live in a world that never stops moving. Also like you, I have stories. These are my stories, the true stories of a trial. Welcome back to True, Service, True Stories of a Tryhard. I am Ethan Hewlin, and this week I have a very special guest. I am joined by the one and only Casey Winters. He is the—he is one of the hosts of the podcast Hello from Elsewhere. He is a new to this world psychologist and a pretty great dad. So, Casey, welcome. <laughs>
1: thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. appreciate it.
0: Okay. See, the reason, uh, I asked you to be on this particular episode is because a while back I saw on your Instagram, you posted something about, uh, the topic at hand, which is imposter syndrome. So, uh, what, yeah. what's your experience with that?
1: Sure. Um, maybe just a little bit, bit of a, of a background, I um, I'm a, a grad student currently and in the school psychology program. So school psychology is a little bit different than traditional psychology. Um, so I'm not like diagnosing people. It's more like trying to um, find out what help kids need to succeed in education. So um, whether that's special education or not. But uh, so being in grad school, it's just um, it's just pretty stressful and um, been doing it for a while and um and then i've started my internship this past year and so uh that that instagram post you saw was me i had posted a picture of my nameplate it said mr winters psychologist and it was on my door at the school and i was just feeling like i saw that and i was just feeling this intense like oh i'm a total impro- imposter and imposter syndrome is like this feeling that you're a fraud and at any moment someone's going to discover you kind of a thing mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I've just been feeling that a lot lately, I guess.
0: So, like, have you felt this way before? Have you, um, had any previous experience with this?
1: I've been feeling it, um, probably since I started grad school. I, I started grad school quite a few years ago. Um, I was going to go into a different program. I was going to go to school counseling and then I sort of transferred that and went to school psychology. So it's ended up being a lot longer, period of time being in extra schooling than I had planned um and if you if you look into imposter syndrome or imposter phenomenon they they often say that it it's pretty common among grad school students um and not that if you're not in grad school you can't have it but uh but yeah I've been I've been feeling it for a while it's just been I feel like it's been getting kind of worse and worse the last um couple of years probably
0: yeah, and uh, just be as as real as you want to be with uh, with me and with my audience because I I want to create kind of a, a space where people can you know be who um, like take off the mask per se that we uh, that we all wear when we're out in public. So um, that being said, this is from the American Psychological Association. This is from a report from eight years ago. It says approximately 70% of people were experiencing at least one episode of imposter syndrome in their lives. So uh, what what's your reaction to that? Does that seem accurate to you? Does that seem...
1: Uh, it does, honestly. I think that... Well, the thing about imposter syndrome and why some people call it imposter phenomena is that it's it's not a an actual mental disorder. Like the DSM, the the manual of of mental disorders doesn't recognize it. It's more of a a thing that a lot of people might experience at some point in their lives, but not for the whole period of their lives. Um, So honestly, it's one of those things that the more I talk about it with people, the more that I realize that, um, the more I realize that I think it's a pretty common thing among most adults. Like, uh, the more you're open about it, the more I realize that, Um, people will say that, yeah, I kind of experienced that as well. So like, um, one story I have is, is, um, I was talking with my friend who is a dentist and I had been explaining how I was feeling like, oh, you know, I'm not really a school psychologist. I feel like a fraud. And, and, uh, he had said, and I had mentioned that phrase, it's like, I've got total imposter syndrome. And he was like, oh, imposter syndrome. And he had realized that that was something he had totally gone through in his um, schooling experience as well. And he just didn't have a name for it. And I think it's one of those cases where if you name it, you can tame it kind of a thing. And you realize that it's a real thing.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, so listeners, I'm an Eagle Scout and I've been an Eagle Scout for almost three years at this point. And... You know, when when I got it, I wasn't sure at first that it was you know, actually real. Like I thought that I had somehow uh cheapened my own experience um in the the project that I did, which was just um making this little brick path at a church that was close to where my troop was meeting at the time. Um, and I got it from a friend of mine who, you know, that was his church. This is his um his pastor that wanted it done and I kind of felt like I hadn't really achieved um what most Eagle Scouts get out to do because I hear I've heard and I continue to hear about um these um these Boy Scouts who will set up charities or they'll um build these giant gardens or something like that for you know, in remembrance of people or just so people can have a place where they can congregate. And it just felt like what I had done, like, basically didn't matter. And that if people found out, like, to me seemed like what little effort I put into it, that I would just, you know, that what I had worked so hard to achieve would be taken away from me.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a, it's definitely a hard thing to to handle. And um, it's one of those things where it it kind of cycles over time or can get worse over time. And, um, yeah, it's a tricky one for sure.
0: So do you have, uh, do you have people that you can come to with this sort of thing? Like, have you had, um, what's your experience in like dealing with this on a day-to-day basis?
1: Yeah. The, the biggest recommendation I have is just talking about it, honestly. Um, so in, in graduate school where I'm at, we have like a cohort of students. So there's, Um, 13 of us and we went, like we started and when you start the program, you're all kind of putting on airs a little bit, like putting on a mask, like you said. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but then the closer you get and you just kind of build that relationship. And there was one time that, um, we, we just had a, we had a group chat that we would talk about like, you know, homework assignments or, or whatever we needed to talk about. Yeah. And one time I had just mentioned on there, um, you know, does anyone feel like they don't actually belong? And um, I didn't use the word imposter syndrome, but, um, or the phrase, but I sort of expressed how I was feeling about it. And, um, and then everyone was just saying like, oh yeah, I, I totally felt that. And, and it, it ended up like not only helping all of us deal with that imposter syndrome, but we also grew closer together as friends and as a cohort. Um, and it, it all came down to just being willing to talk about it. Um, I'm I'm sure there's other things you can do, but, um, but yeah, just having, having people to talk to about it. And, and then you realize when you're talking about it, that they probably feel that way about something in their life as well. So,
0: yeah. And that's why I think uh, self-advocacy is very important because like,
1: if you don't speak up
0: for yourself, who's going to do it? And that's right. And, you know, being able to to have friends to come to with that sort of thing is a very very good thing to have and I'm glad that you have that but
1: uh, yeah and I would even recommend talking to like um not all like definitely talk to your peers that's the biggest thing that helped me but also talk to um you know whoever your mentors or supervisors or your bosses because chances are that they like every time I've mentioned it like ah, oh, I feel kind of like I don't belong or like i'm not really qualified they'll say i've been doing this for years and i still feel that way sometimes too so um i think it's one of those things where it's just part of being an adult is realizing that um no one really feels like an adult at least part of the time
0: yeah i mean does the fact that um your uh, your superiors still feel that way does that give you any comfort or does that just make you more nervous
1: Oh, I think it for me, it gives me comfort. Um, I, I don't know that it's long-lasting comfort because I just get in my own head, you know, a few days later. But at least in the moment, um, momentarily, it gives you a little bit of comfort to realize that most people are feeling this way. And like that study you said, um, 70% at least are feeling that way. So.
0: And also, like, I recently graduated from, from high school. And, you know, I've been going through this for the past you know, four years and it's just, it's, it's what I knew, like I'd been doing it for forever and to, and to feel like it's all suddenly coming to an end was just like, wow, did I really get through all of this? Like what, what just happened? Like where, where did this all go? You know, honestly, it's, you know, graduating from, from high school, like I have, I, I can't say that I have, you know, as much as as much life experience as some people but like you know even with the life experience I do have I feel like it is still um valid for people my age and younger to still experience these kind of things and I feel like sometimes uh, people who are older than some kind of discount our opinion based off our age like what do you yeah. what, what do you think about that
1: yeah, I think it's important just to just to validate people's feelings, um, because this is definitely it's just rooted in anxiety. And as you know, and as your listeners know, anyone can experience anxiety, no matter their age. You know, young or old. And I think that anyone can experience um, these feelings of feeling like a fraud in, in something. And it's it's no different feeling like you're an imposter. You know, graduating high school or getting your first job versus um, you know, being much older, and um, I guess what I'm trying to say is that uh, this usually arises when you're going into something new, and and some so, you know some sort of new endeavor, and that can happen when you're young or it can happen when you're old.
0: Yeah, I, I know there's something about starting something new that is just it can be nerve wracking, not only for uh, the reason that, you know, it's it's the unknown. And I think that's what a lot of people are afraid of, is the fact that they don't know, like, what's on the other side of whatever they're about to experience.
1: Right, for sure. And then once you're through it and you look back and you realize how important um, just having that courage to go through with it was, um, yeah.
0: So in a... In a different article that I read, I found that it is, it is more common for uh, women, especially in the more, uh, in the corporate world, to experience imposter syndrome more than it is for men. Do you have, do uh, you have any insight into either women you know personally or just um, women that you interact with that feel like that?
1: Yeah, I I um I definitely agree that it's probably more common in women. I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up. I was going to bring that up as well cuz it's hard. I am a, you know, straight white man. I'm fairly privileged and so um it, it, in my cohort for example of of people in graduate school, there um the majority are women and one of the other men doesn't experience this at all. Um he's as far as I know, he's very just kind of go with the flow and he's good and he's, he doesn't have a lot of anxiety whereas a lot of the other women which um, are varying ethnicities and, and races um, they, they do experience this for sure and even I found myself feeling more comfortable with talking to them about it than, than the, the men and even like my superiors I have mentors that are women and mentors that are men and I tend to go to the women to talk about it with and it, it's not really something I consciously think about um but I, I definitely do it now that I now that I think about it
0: yeah that's that's very interesting because I feel like it is more comfortable for me to come to women with problems that I have whether it's you know my mom my girl my girlfriend my grandma just the the women in my life, I feel like I can talk to them easier about the problems that i'm having is that does that resonate with you any
1: oh yeah, for sure a hundred percent that's that's me definitely that's definitely me i um i've always felt that way i've always felt more comfortable, um, not even just talking to about problems, which I am, but just um being myself and I think that and this is a totally different track probably than imposter syndrome, but just that um so many men are all about like competition Mm -hmm. and it's it's um it's dangerous and it's toxic and I don't like it (laughs) and uh it's I don't feel that way around most women I feel like I can just be myself and they're accepting and um yeah I don't know if you feel the same way oh most most definitely like
0: you know some people when they first met me they thought that I was gay, which I'm not, but they thought that I was gay because a lot of my closer friends are female. And that's right. just that just tends to be the case with um, guys who are part of the LGBT community and, you know, through getting to know me a little bit better they found that, you know, that was not the case. But I've I don't think it's a bad thing for men to have platonic relationships with women.
1: No, for sure. I agree. I think it, it's, um, it's a dangerous thought to think that men can't be just friends with women. And if they are, then, then they're, they're gay, which isn't, um, yeah, I, I I've experienced that and maybe on a smaller level than, than you have, but, um, yeah, that's a, that's a really hard thing and it's a societal thing that's really hard to break through, I think.
0: It is unfortunately because you know I'm, I'm like you, I'm a straight white man who also happens to be um, a Christian, which is a lot of um, which you know some people you know, look down on because of what people who claim to believe the same things as me, have done or do, Um, and it is unfortunate that someone can hear what I say and, you know, stereotype me as, you know, a a Bible-thumping Quaker and not look past that and see me for who I am.
1: Right, for sure. It all comes down to those boxes that we either put other people in or put ourselves in. And um, like I said earlier, there's, there's um, healing to be found in like naming the issues you might have, like anxiety or, um, you know, I've, I have a lot of anxiety. It's not just imposter syndrome, but I also have um, a history of depression. And so these things are like, you know, in some ways for me comforting to put myself in that box, but also they don't define me. Um, so it 's hard to find that balance of um, of putting ourselves or other people in those boxes and it does not just mental health, but like you said, um, religion and and gender and sexual orientation and all these things are um, important parts of who we are, but they individually they, those things don't define us if that makes sense
0: Yes, um, it reminds me of uh, another podcast that I listened to called Ear Biscuits, one of the hosts on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rhett McLaughlin recommended a book. I don't remember the title of of it off the top of my head, but there's a certain phrase in there uh, that says, we are Stone Age hardware running modern day software. And that's um, that's why, you know, stuff like um, that's why those boxes exist. It's because, you know, we as humans don't know any other way. To process right. uh, the way that others, uh, how others are and how they interact with the world.
1: Right, yeah. And like I said, you can find some comfort in them, but it's it's uh, dangerous and toxic if we're relying on those boxes. Especially if we are passing judgment on them for other people. You know?
0: Definitely. Definitely very dangerous. So moving moving back to, um, imposter syndrome. Um, so what other achievements besides, um, grad school have you, um, doubted because of imposter syndrome?
1: I feel like most things in my adult life, sadly, I feel like a fraud in them. Uh, I, I am a dad, but sometimes I don't feel like I'm qualified to be a dad or, um, you know a college graduate or um, I've worked varying jobs and yeah I think well and even as a as a podcaster even I often feel like an imposter and I don't know if it's one of those things where I'm just trying a lot of new things and I'm I'm in the grand scheme of things still fairly young and so that I'll sort of grow out of those and get comfortable and more confident or if it's um, something I'm going to deal with for a long time. I'm not sure. It's kind of a, it's kind of in in process.
0: Do you think you ever truly get over imposter syndrome or do you just get used to the fact that it's there?
1: Yeah. Or maybe you give up on, you know, cause imposter syndrome is all about that feeling that someone's going to find you. And maybe after a certain amount of time, you realize that, uh, you know, no one's discovered it, so they never will. I guess I don't know. That's a hard question. I don't know if I can answer it. I guess I'm
0: just really good at asking questions because, you know, a couple a couple <laughs> episodes ago, I stumped uh, I stumped my guest as well. So here I am making my way in the podcasting world by asking the hard questions. <laughs> but that's kind of what this is for. This is. You know, asking the hard questions and getting the answers, which I, I hope to, uh, to bring some people, um, solace and I hope that, um, being open with it will decrease the, um, the stigma of having to wear those masks, kind of bring back that, to bring back that analogy.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: So, what does a Casey Winters in public mask look like?
1: Oh man, I'm a pretty shy person, and I have a lot of social anxiety. So, I'm just pretty calm and kind of fade into the background a little bit, um, which isn't always, which isn't always beneficial, you know, to to my job and what I'm supposed to be doing. And um, you know, so much of my job is being an advocate for the mental health of of children and, like, one-on-one with the kids. Um, And it goes back to how, I I guess, how open I feel with women. I tend to feel more open in myself with kids, you know, whether it's my own kids or the students that I work with. I do a lot of, like, um, group counseling with with multiple kids. And I feel much more myself around them versus when I get into a meeting with, you know, so-called adults. Even though I'm an adult, I still feel like an imposter adult. And so I kind of fade away and kind of just quiet i'm just quiet
0: yeah i'm definitely with you like i was like even as a kid i was pretty shy i never really wanted to um interact with with others it's always been hard for me to make friends and i just kind of sit back and watch i'm more of an observer than anything else and i've right yeah, like i've taken multiple personality tests that prove that So, um, even this podcast itself is me trying to come out of the woodwork and be more of an advocate for myself and others, Right. which, um, was pretty hard initially, but it is getting easier the more that I do it. And I'm...
1: Yeah, I was... I was going to ask just with, with your, with your anxiety, if, um, you know, even, even these Skype calls, if they're, if they're difficult for you and scheduling them and all that.
0: Yes. And I need to
1: get a better, uh,
0: listeners is a little behind the scenes. I need to get a better handle on getting my guests on here because, Mm. um, so far the week by week basis has worked out, but, um, I feel like that. That's not going to work out. The more that I do it, and the, um, the more busy my my potential guests can be. Right. So that is um, that is something that I'm working towards, and you know, being a college student and working and other things. I just have to uh, prioritize, which is also giving me a little bit of anxiety in and of itself because of all the stuff i have to do and like you've been doing this whole adult thing for a little bit longer than me and i'm still learning how to do it so but uh
1: but see when you say that my imposter syndrome brain is like i maybe it's i've been doing it for a while but i'm not really good at it yet i don't know what i'm doing even though i'm you know i'm 32 right but i don't feel 32 i feel like i'm you know 25 24 but so i i think that's my imposter syndrome part of my brain is always like questioning those things like um, like compliments or um, just value judgments or whatever that are positive toward me and and part of that's possibly like you know perfectionism and and social anxiety it's all kind of mixed in there together but um, there's always that voice in my head saying yeah what you're saying isn't true but my you know my brain is what it's saying is true and it's sort of pushing me down. I don't know if I'm making any sense but yeah
0: yeah I understand where you're coming from on that like uh, you know are you are you sure you mean what you just right. said like did I right. am I really that good at what I do or are you just saying that to make me feel good about myself?
1: right like an example I have is um, in my graduate school program all the professors have said you know only two people haven't finished the program and that's cuz they were just changing programs and switching to something else you know no one was ever kicked out for not being knowledgeable enough or you know like the professors there are just really good at cultivating um good students and and helping them achieve their goals but when they say something like that like oh you know no one's ever failed out of the program my brain is immediately well. I could be the first, you know. <laughs> um, it's just where my brain goes, and it's it's not healthy, but it, it is what it is.
0: No, I've I've been there, like uh, you know, as of right now, I'm undeclared because I'm at a community college where I can't really finish my degree. But um, you know, being a a computer science major and someone who hasn't done a lot of previous. Uh, computer science um, computer science related stuff before, and the stuff that I want to do, I basically haven't learned how to do yet, because right now I'm just getting my gen eds out of the way. It, uh, it creates a bit of social anxiety and performance anxiety within me, um, because, you know, I want to be able to learn how to do what I want to do, which is um, I'm going to be a defensive cybersecurity specialist, which it's awesome. Yeah, I love it. But I do not know anything about how to, you know, code for firewalls or anything like that. I'm just learning the basic stuff, and I know right. that if I fail here, it's just going to tumble from there, and it's not yeah. going to be good for anybody.
1: Well, and there's this common thought that, because um, I have this all the time, and, and it, it sounds like we're in a similar headspace when it comes to school, but like this, this common thought that um, I can't go into this field and study this field because I don't know about it. And I think we have to remind ourselves the reason we're going into it is because we don't know anything about it. It's okay that we don't know anything about it yet. That's why we're going to school, is to learn it. If we knew everything about it, we'd already have the degree. Um, That's something that, you know, my professors have always tried to remind us because um, when it comes to school, there's often like higher education, so college and above. There's often um, students with similar mindsets of being perfectionists and um, just putting a lot of weight on their shoulders. And that's something that I do. And, And so that was always a good reminder from the professors that, you know, no, you don't know everything now because you're not supposed to yet you know you're learning it that's the whole point that's the why you're here so
0: that's exactly right and casey we are approaching that time um thank you once again listeners for listening to true stories of a tryhard you can find me on instagram at ethan.t.hewlin you can find me on twitter at et phone home the o's are zeros and the e's are threes you can find the podcast on twitter and instagram at true stories pod casey where can we find you
1: sure i'm my my personal instagram and twitter are at ice cream manatee and then our podcast i co-host it with my wife we talk about movies and books and uh and how much we love them and and their thematic resonance you can find the podcast on you know wherever you find podcasts spotify itunes and so on so
0: yeah thank you so much for coming i'll be back with you're very welcome i'll be back with more stories next week so until then this is ethan hewlin signing off